0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Unite podcast. We are here to talk about football because it's playoffs. Some of us are happy to win games. Uh, Others uh, wish they could have won a game. Uh, But a majority of us on this episode are very happy because our teams survived a grueling 18 week gauntlet. Uh, At some points, uh, we weren't even sure if we would get 18 games for some teams, Uh, but the NFL, as the NFL does, it powers through no matter what, and we finished with that extra week this year, and uh, we have made it to wild card weekend, although it's, I guess, wild card long weekend this year. Uh, Joining us this week, uh, for the first time making his podcast debut, we have Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. What's going on, everyone? Thank you very much for having me. And we have Charles back again. Thank you so much. And uh, you are very, very lucky, sir, to uh, give Big Ben one more wild ride.
1: Definitely uh, praising the football gods for that little lucky miracle and happy to be back on the podcast with you boys.
0: Uh, a not so uh, uh, joyous Kenzie joins us. Uh, did you? Uh, did it? Did it take a second? Were you? Were you stung? Did you cry tears?
2: Yeah, took a second, but hey, there's always next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the true optimism, and uh, back again. Uh, I guess my parents' favorite Pat's fan, uh, Cole. Welcome to the podcast.
3: Always a pleasure.
0: So uh, the NFL always uh, looking for more ways to make money they said hey let's uh, let's add another week. So they did um, and we got 18 weeks uh, whether people are excited about that or people care about records or whatever uh, I don't. Uh, we got 18 weeks and of course it came down to week 18. For drama to ensue. Uh, but before we talk about that, uh, what was everyone's opinion of the 2021 NFL season?
1: Well, I was absolutely thrilled. It actually, with the exception of a couple of COVID scares throughout Philly and Washington, a few other teams that got hit hard, it actually went off pretty smoothly. And I wasn't sure initially how I felt about the extra game, a 17th game, an 18th week in the season. Hmm but it delivered beyond all expectations. It was one of the wildest last weeks of the season I can recall in recent history for my own viewing and for everyone else. So I give it two thumbs up for the whole season.
3: Oh, absolutely. Like what a season. Like you said, Charles, I wasn't sure on how COVID would affect it compared to what last year had hit, but the NFL made it happen as per usual. Nothing, nothing short of perfection, and that 18th game or the 18th week really threw me off for a second when I was looking at the schedules. But that was the 18th week. What a game. What It was incredible. You, really games down to the wire. You never really get that nowadays when you get to really that, like, last week of games before the playoffs. So it was great to see.
4: I think it was fantastic, of course. uh, I think the thing that most folks aren't talking about, but there were three teams that were projected at the bottom of their divisions that ended up either winning their division or making the playoffs. So folks that were expecting to be three-win teams or five-win teams are right in the mix. You know, you got Cincinnati, Joe Burrow standing out like a sore thumb. That guy is going to be the next best thing to hit the NFL and good. Cause I mean, the, the state of Ohio needs a break. Um, uh, you know, you had the Cardinals. who <laughs> How are you going to compete against all three of those incredible teams in the NFC West? Arizona makes it into the playoffs. And frankly, we're, you know, a playoff situation, or rather a week 18 situation away from taking the division. And of course the shameless plug my nine and eight Philadelphia Eagles getting in by the skin of their teeth. But damn it, we made it. We were supposed to be three wins. Here we are, nine and eight, and we have three first round draft picks next year. So a fantastic NFL season all around, exceptionally exciting. And it was great to see Carson Wentz blow it. So, you know, <laughs> week, week 18 was top notch. <laughs>
2: Um, kind of like everybody else said, uh, great season all the way through. The extra game kind of threw me off at the start, but all around, um, great season. Um, COVID was a big kind of fear that I also had, much like everybody else said. Um, but yeah, the NFL pulled it off, and that was that's that's the amazing part to me.
0: When you throw enough money at it, it'll happen, you know, and the NFL is not short on money. So, uh, I mean, we don't even really have to talk about the season in general, because when you have a week like you did in week 18, you kind of forget most of what happened. The other 17 weeks, especially a lot of the, the disappointment that led you to have to win or hope or do math at a calculus level. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to get into the playoffs. So week 18, uh, I mean, I don't think there's been so much decided. Of course there, there is, but in such a dramatic fashion, you have the occasional uh, games here and there. Uh, I can remember uh, the Cardinals beating the Vikings uh, to give the Packers the, the win, the NFC, uh, tight uh to get into the playoffs and giving them the the division um and then there was uh, there's a few other mathematical ones that that come to mind but week 18 I think will be remembered for a long long time going into the future um and it all starts although it it did start the day before now correct me if I'm wrong but I do remember, the NFL not having Saturday games on the last week and everyone just kind of playing at the same kind of time. Um, what were your thoughts of having the, a the few Saturday games, although they didn't really matter in the overall scheme of things, they did have some implications potentially. Uh, would you rather them all happen on Sunday or do you like the kind of breakup?
1: I would have rather see the all go on Sunday personally. Sorry, Cole. Uh, oh. th- th- there is something about that mystique of 16 games, and this week, uh, this past week, more than half of them mattered uh, for, for at least one team, sometimes for both teams in the case of uh, Vegas and LA. Um, sorry, Kenzie. <laughs> <laughs> but it, there's, there's a mystique of all the games happening uh, in a short amount of time and you've got a, you're, you're bouncing back and forth your scoreboard watching as fans.
2: Uh,
1: it, it, it's kind of a testament to how much you care as a fan about your own team and the playoff scenario as a whole. It, it, it kind of signals how much do you really care that like you're going to sit there and you're going to just be watching it all and rather than break it up and over a couple of days and quote unquote make it easy for yourself. I, I would rather have it all been on the Sunday.
3: The funny thing is I swear I looked at the schedule a few weeks before that and I didn't see a Saturday games. And then I looked again and I was like, oh, okay, there's a couple Saturday games. It was kind of nice though because it really honed in on those potential playoff winning games uh, on Sunday where you had teams playing on the Saturday that were pretty much already guaranteed that playoff spot, maybe a couple of moves if other teams would have lost. Um, but it really kind of honed in on who could make it and it gave you this a little bit more focus on that. Those Sunday games.
4: Well, I mean, it, it also showed though, that the NFL reigned supreme, right? Uh, I don't know if anybody t- else took notice to it, but uh, even with a Philadelphia, Dallas game, that really meant nothing. Uh did you guys see any other sports that was on like the UFC is usually the Saturday night entertainment. UFC wasn't running event. Um, I'm not too sure about basketball or hockey, but you know, putting two games on that Saturday completely messed up an entire sports schedule for the other (laughs) three major sporting events. So I, I mean, I, I like watching Thursday night football and I love watching Monday night football like the next person. But at the same time, I mean, it almost had a college feel to it. It, it was it was kind of cool just tuning in and watching football on Saturday and Sunday night. It was I don't know. I, I could I could get behind it at the end of the season. Not uh, not during, of course, but this is uh this is this is a good uh, good
2: fit. I found it kind of strange. Um because i was just kind of going about my saturday like i normally do and my phone started going off and everybody's messaging oh are you watching football oh are you watch there's football today what um yeah i did i did once i did turn it on i did enjoy the game that i did watch um missed the first one completely so there's uh, there's how much i was paying attention um Yeah. I don't don't know I like it at the end of the year, as long as the games don't really mean anything or don't matter. Um, But yeah, just found it strange.
0: So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, uh, I've, I don't know. It's, it's a hit or miss. The NFL can change a schedule when it wants to, and no one has the, the say to tell them otherwise. (laughs) So, uh, you know, if uh, they saw fit and they had two games that, again, didn't really matter. So it didn't it impact Sunday at all. Didn't give a team an advantage from playing on Saturday to Sunday. Uh, some, you know, Dallas gets one more extra day's of rest. But and same thing with Kansas City. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, it, nothing too much. So we head to Sunday. Now we'll save the AFC drama for last because there's so much of it. Uh, Most of the playoff implications were set for the NFC, except somehow, I mean, it it involves math, so I'm not going to get into it. Uh, The Eagles clinched (laughs) a playoff spot in week 17. And even though they were position seventh, uh, the sixth position Niners still could not get in uh because we kind of blew it earlier in the season uh and uh they either had to win and they're in or the saints had to lose uh or if the saints won and san francisco lost the saints would get in which uh, i would have been devastated immensely uh now of course uh the saints beat atlanta handedly that wasn't uh i was worried about that because i knew that was going to happen And then San Francisco goes down 17 points. And I even said, I was like, well, there it is. That's, that was, that's typical us. Uh, But then in other typical us fashion in another dimension, we find a way to come back and win in overtime, causing a little bit of life to come out of me early. So I might not make it to a hundred and we're, we're, we won, we're in. The uh, the Rams uh, took care of uh, you know their home playoff even though they lost, uh, so they get to host the Cards. It could have gone either way. Uh, a very very exciting. Everyone used to say the NFC West was the worst division in football, yet every single team has been to the Super Bowl at least once uh, since uh, you know the year two thousand. So. Not many other divisions can say that. Uh, that's my argument for anyone who says the NFC is boring or always has bad teams. Um, and uh, yeah, Packers seal up the number one spot. They get a rest week. Uh, any other less dramatics in the, uh, in the NFC? Uh, but what was your takeaways uh, for the final week for the
3: NFC side? NFC was pretty much already locked up for at least the Cards, Rams, uh, Cowboys, and you knew Bucks were going to take a spot. You pretty much knew most of those throughout the season, but I mean, look at these matchups coming into the first week. Cards and Rams, that's going to be a nightmare of a matchup. Niners versus Cowboys, that's going to be a tough one too. And Eagles and bucks you never know. Uh, NFC has potential. They always have. I don't know who says they're bad teams. I mean, look at they've pretty much led the NFL this season. The, well,
4: it it, 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 it's, it's pretty uh, you know, it's straightforward when it comes to the NFC. I mean, uh, just be prepared. Uh, there is going to be at least an upset somewhere and that team that's going to get upset and you can mark my words, put a timestamp on it. Uh, the team names with Dallas foul boys, uh, those guys <laughs> are going down swinging. So, uh, I, I don't know the NFC, especially up at that top tier. Those are, those are the teams to beat regardless. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers is looking stellar even in, you know, his late 30s. He's looking like he could probably play until he's 45. Uh, speaking of guys playing until they're 45, you know, Tommy's looking good, but it, I'm concerned about the weapons around him.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, you know, it, it, it you can start to see – Whenever Tommy doesn't have his weapons to throw to, he looks a lot like how he did with the New England Patriots a few years ago. Granted, still went 12-4 and four that year before going to the box, but you could visibly see the difference between when he's got a healthy Gronk to throw to, and he's got a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans, and even guys like Scotty Miller and all that, whenever they can get phased into the plan and they can hit guys deep that's where you see the best part of Tom. So if Tom's going to show up this year, be prepared. I think it's, it's, he's going to go full gunslinger here. Uh, That's just the way I'm feeling about, about those bucks. But I think the LA Rams, those guys have got it together on the defense and on the offense. So those teams seem very, very interesting, but, even then, the rest of the NFC, even the guys that didn't make it, uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Saints, there's a good breadth of teams of Seattle Seahawks as well, once they get their stuff together. You know, the NFC is exceptionally strong, uh, right on through. Now, it's not to diminish the AFC, but it's, uh, it's a biased opinion. But NFC, there's a couple of teams that are also a quarterback away, a small adjustment away that we could really see a whole different playoff picture in the NFC going into even next year. So I think the team to beat is in the NFC.
1: Well, as far as uh, the final week of the season for the NFC now, unlike Ryan, I am an AFC boy. Uh, For those of us, those who don't have the benefit of video I'm wearing, I am decked out in black and gold from a Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, But the NFC was pretty much locked up for the most part a couple of weeks ago. So I was actually quite surprised as to how much drama came into week 18 uh, with you know, the Niners and the Cardinals games mattering, adding so much uh, the Saints playing with the Falcons and the constant like who's going to make it, who won't make it between them and how are they going to get in? Uh, it added more intrigue than I thought possible for the, for the NFC especially with how the Niners got into the playoffs, very very much how uh, my Steelers did, you know, a dramatic comeback, overtime, and a great, great defensive play there at the end to, to pick off uh, uh, Matthew Stafford there. But uh, as far as the NFC goes playoff-wise, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into as we break down the matchups. Uh, Tom Brady's not going to have many weapons. And that means Gronk's going to be his boy. So if Philadelphia is going to go one-on-one with Gronk, they're in trouble. They, get, they have to zone coverage that to make it work. Uh, but and I said this in, in, in a chat with you guys earlier, and we'll talk about it more, but I just have three words. Matthew Stafford unleashed.
2: NFC. Um, much like Charles, I'm an AFC guy. My Chargers, sadly, not in, Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I always find the NFC to be quite interesting, to be honest. You never know which which teams are going to make it year in, year out. Uh, um, Just looking at the standings here on my phone, how everybody finished. And there's teams that did better than I thought. There's also teams that did a little bit worse than I thought namely the Minnesota Vikings. I thought they were going to be a little bit better this year. Justin Jefferson having another year of experience and just hoping everything came together for them. It didn't work out. Um, The NFC East is always fun. You never know what's going to happen there. Um, (laughs) Last year was really entertaining. And again, this year, not so much. with The Cowboys just kind of, showing that they are the superior team there. Um, I will say one one last thing to finish off about the NFC. Um, go Lions. They didn't lose every game like I thought they would.
1: <laughs> no, they ended up tying me later in the season and giving me a fucking heart attack.
3: <laughs> didn't think you'd ever say that, Charles, eh?
1: Oh God! The Lions always find a way to give someone a heart attack every year. This year happened to be me.
0: Yeah, you know what? For for Sean's sake, go Lions. You know, that man's been through. That man's been through a lot. Uh, we switch over to the AFC, starting with uh, everyone's uh, rag boy, Carson Wentz. Uh, I, I guess you have to put Super Bowl champion because uh, he 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 was there. Uh, uh, was he? <laughs> was he really though? <laughs> he got a ring. That's uh, so he he had to be somewhere. So did but the equipment manager. The equipment. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, ring for being on the Black Aces. Come on.
0: <laughs> you know. For a team that hasn't won in Jacksonville since 2014, I don't know why people thought anything would have changed. I put money down on Jacksonville winning. I was happy to take that easy money. Um, A lot of other people didn't seem to think that it would happen, but Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts blew a tire and, uh, Even though Jacksonville won, they still solidified the first uh, overall pick uh, with the Lions winning as well. Uh, But they just – they did it. They started the whole whack of events. Uh, They started their offseason early. The Ravens and Steelers, which is normally a classic battle, uh although with big Ben getting a little bit older, the Steelers looking like they're they're going to have to rebuild eventually uh that rivalry might not be what it uh, once was in uh in, in a few years it'll probably go back up uh but that game suddenly mattered, although the Ravens needed a little bit more help uh if they did win. uh Steelers ended up winning in overtime, giving big Ben uh the potential. Uh, for one last ride and I say that because it came down to the last game of the season honestly the NFL has to pay people to script this and I don't want to put that out there that sports are fixed because I hate that Uh, but it's almost so poetic how things happen like it was meant to be that the last game the evening game uh, it winner gets in or they could tie. Now, that scenario kept coming up. Oh, you know, if, if uh, Indianapolis loses, they can just kneel out the entire game. That would have been a little more suspicious. But uh, we got some fireworks. Justin Herbert showing that he is the quarterback of the future, leading the Chargers down to head to overtime. And it took the entire 10 minutes. Now, there was a stat that came out. Uh, I guess we'll get to we'll get to the game first that it looked like both teams kicked a field goal and uh, both they were acting like they were just going to run out the clock, run out the clock. Uh, Kenzie, as a Chargers fan, uh, do you know, like, I, I get the the what his reason was, but do you, he's a first year head coach, maybe a little bit of a blunder. Like, was it really? advantageous to put in a run defense to stop them and call the timeout. like are you mad at him
2: i was um (laughs) because i'll be completely honest watching the chargers of the last few years what run defense they haven't had a (laughs) a few years if you look at the if you look at the defensive stats for the year i think they have like 132 yards against rushing per game so what are you doing putting in a run defense when you can't stop the run to begin with so I was a little bit upset when he came out and said that because my reaction was exactly what I just said what run defense um yeah just kind of baffling I'd call it a blunder but I feel like he knows better
1: well, you sort of you, you sort of saw the, the Oakland players. Some of them on the sidelines when, when they called timeout. They, they sort of sat up and like, "What? This is supposed to be a tie. What's going on?" It it almost seemed to light a spark under their ass to, to go win the game.
0: Well, that was the thing for for the Raiders. That I mean, if they they missed the field goal, they they were good either way. So it didn't matter to them whether they attempted the kick or or you know if they won the cool. it it mattered most on the Chargers side
3: because they didn't control the ball. Well, it was like watching that game. Like, okay, yeah, they're going in overtime. They both kicked the field goal. Wow. Could this actually happen? And then the Chargers suddenly wanted to switch it up and it's like, why are you calling the timeout? If you literally don't do that, you're both going to the playoffs. Like, it's like they didn't think they could perform in the playoffs. The coach is like, no, nah, we'll get him next year. Well, call
4: yeah. <laughs> well and You also have to look, and not enough credit is ever given to Derek Carr. Derek Carr makes an incredible throw, good position play. I think it was a second and long, and he hits the guy, gets the first down, And that's when you start to feel it. Because initially, okay, they run the ball, they get stuffed. It's like, okay, that clock's starting to wind. It's like, that's when you start getting that pit in your stomach. Like, ah, here comes the NFL's rigged sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. that train's kind of coming along. But then Derek Carr nails that throw. Like, okay, oh, they're sort of, you know, 45-yard line in their own thing. They do the run. When that timeout happened, it's like, okay, guaranteed, Well, they're going to have to run one more play. All I was thinking was, if they can get that past the emblem, they're at least going to try a kick. You know, they're they're not going to just continuously run the ball because then you're in collusion and this, that, and everything else. But you can kill all of that if you line up Daniel Carlson and he attempts a 60-yard field goal or something like that. If he misses it, well, he at least tried a field goal. But Josh Jacobs right up the gut, nails like a 15-yard run and makes that kick a 41, 42-yarder. It's like, okay, well, I think regardless of the timeout, the uh, Las Vegas offense was effective in their playing and in their positioning. And I think regardless, they were going to attempt a kick. But how far that kick was going to be was fully dependent on the Chargers defense, at least getting one or two stops. So uh, as much as, you know, you play to win the game and it would have been better if if you just need out and tied it, I think the long and short of it is not enough credit is given to that Vegas offense for showing up, doing the quickest one-minute drill I think that anyone's ever seen and making it effectively down the field. And kudos to the coach Passaccio too. I would have done the same thing. Second that Staley called that timeout. Oh yeah, <laughs> no way. We're we're running that puppy. Hell, I would have even thrown it. Uh, so good, uh, good for him and that team. You know they've been through so much guff this year. To see them kind of come out
0: on top uh, in that fashion was uh, almost poetic. Giving uh, Las Vegas Nation something to cheer about. First year fans are allowed inside. Uh, I'm excited to eventually visit that stadium, whatever year that might happen. Um, But uh, Charles, as a Pittsburgh fan, as the clock's winding down, what were your emotional roller coasters like in that the the final 50 seconds?
1: Wow. Uh, Well, I'll even wind it back to the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, I was cautiously optimistic heading to the fourth quarter with the way. Las Vegas have been playing; uh, they seem to be a step ahead all night long of, of Herbert and the Chargers. Uh, although I wanted to kill Chris Collinsworth, I mean, one of, one of the best play, one of the best color commentators in the NFL and in North American sports. I wanted to kill him every time he kept saying "tie." I want, I, I want to reach for my TV and strangle him, but that's a different story. Uh, as Herbert and, and the Chargers made their comeback, I, I, I got this really. unsettling feeling. I'll say unsettling feeling in my stomach. It goes to overtime. Uh, My brother was sitting next to me and he's like, watch, they're going to kick field goals and it's going to come down to the last play. And I'm like, all we need to do is all, especially when Oakland won the toss. And I told him all Oakland's got to do is get a touchdown and this is over. Uh, But I think, I think my heart stopped four or five times. I think I lost five pounds sweating
3: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I honestly, like, I was if I had any hair left, I was going to pull it out. Fortunately, it's too short to grab. Um, I, I honestly, it's hard to put into words everything I felt because it was just this tidal wave of emotion the whole way through. Um, especially on like how many fourth downs did, did, did the Chargers convert in the fourth quarter like six fourth downs? Like, and each time was the game was on the line and it was going to be easy in Oakland. And uh, I'm still saying Oakland now. Excuse me. Las Vegas would, just, would, would have to kneel out the game afterwards. And uh, every time that they would convert, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, suffice to say, I think I probably uh, took 10 or 15 years off my life. I don't think I'm going to see 100 either thanks to that one.
4: You know, that's the turning point, though. The turning point is, yeah, they were six for six on fourth down. And then you go for it on your own 19 yard line and not just a fourth and one or fourth and two or something. You're going fourth and seven or eight from your own, like deep in your own. That was the turning point. You could have punted that ball away and granted, who knows, who knows if the defense would have held or that would have drained more clock or whatever the situation may have occurred, but that turning point there, them, Giving it away in that, uh, in their own end. I mean, Herbert's amazing, was able to take the team right back down and get those points back. But you could tell right there that Vegas was rolling with momentum right after that. Uh, it, it was a lot of questionable calls there by Brandon Staley in that game. And it evidently came to bite him in the butt.
0: And uh, an interesting fact that came out a few days uh, later, but uh, if the tie happened and, you know, two seconds away from that happening over a billion dollars would have had to be paid out or exchanged through multiple sports betting houses. Literally Vegas could have fallen to ashes if they missed that kick. It would have been. I'm sure it would have been just like Atlantis. Vegas would have crumbled into the earth, and uh, but a billion dollars uh, could have been paid out uh, because people bet the tie, which is fascinating. Now that sports betting is becoming more and more popular and legal in the United States, <laughs> um, so now we have our matchups. Now, getting before we uh, individually go through each matchup, how do you feel about having a playoff game on a Monday?
1: Not happy about that. Not one bit. Uh, it's it's been tradition that wild card weekend is Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I don't see why they could have done three games Saturday, three games Sunday. They did it last year, no freaking problem. Uh, not a, and also the, the, you put on Monday night one of the best games is going to be. So, I believe uh, they did
0: that for a reason.
1: Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but for those of us who have to work Monday night and are going to miss half the game, uh, not a fan of it.
3: And honestly, it gives the people, like whoever wins that game, they got to play again Ooh. Saturday or Sunday. So yeah. it's uh, one last day of preparation. It's, it wouldn't make more sense for Saturday and Sunday. People work during the week they can actually enjoy all the games and the super wild card weekend as they call it they want to enjoy it let's there's no point throwing it on a monday it's playoffs i love it i I love
4: it on monday (laughs) i love it hey it's one less like one less bad tv show that i have to watch during the week leading up to football so i'll take monday night football I mean, the, the only bad thing is that it's Monday night and the Monday night football crew is the worst commentating crew, I, I'd argue, in professional sports, but definitely in, in football, especially for a game like that. Uh, you, you want your, you know, your, your Joe Bucks, your Troy Aikman, your Chris Collinsworth, Al Michael, you, you want those guys calling that game. But other than that, we'll take the other night of football.
1: Yeah, I can't argue with them on that, on there, Ryan. And that's oof. Yeah, Monday Night Crew just makes my skin crawl. <laughs>
3: Why
1: well, well, do you think, think they want
3: the Monday Night is... Manning takeover? Exactly. That's that's the uh, that's what they're
4: setting this up for. It'll be Eli and Peyton in the uh, in the <laughs> broadcasting booth. That's exactly what the people want. But
3: we'll have I to think they need to just year. keep it in their basements. <laughs>
0: We could Uh, be, yeah. Monday uh,
2: Monday night game. Uh, I'm a fan, like Ryan. uh, Another night of football, never a bad thing. Um, It does suck for those of you that have to work. I know there are people in my household that also work nights. Um, But, hey, I'll take another day of football, especially playoff football.
0: It just goes to show that the NFL can do what they want and they own any day that they want if they choose to um and yeah but i mean besides uh you know the manning family potentially buying a stake in the broncos uh that might be the only thing i see them stopping from getting a very high million dollar contract to commentate football uh in the future so uh let's go through we're gonna go day by day so saturday now the benefit for uh, me and kenzie is we live uh in the second farthest uh, time zone in North America. So games start pretty early, and then they also don't end really, really late, like 11 midnight, unless something crazy happens. So one benefit to, to living out in the Western part of North America. The first game we have, the aforementioned Las Vegas Raiders versus the upstart high octane uh, Cincinnati Bengals. When was the last time someone said the high octane Cincinnati Bengals?
1: I don't think we were born yet.
0: <laughs> I think Carson I, I, Palmer was I, I, the quarterback, yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the late Saturday game, uh, we have Coles, New England Patriots versus mm-hmm. their division rival, the Buffalo Bills uh yeah so surprise matchup uh but vegas is happy to to be in it uh but cincinnati has been starving to be happy to celebrate their team so many times they've gone even making the playoffs is the is the stat still up that they haven't won a playoff game in decades like 91 is the last time they've won a Cincinnati hasn't
1: won a playoff game since text messaging was a thing. The first text was sent in 1992, and the last time since he won, text messaging didn't even exist yet.
3: I saw that. (laughs) There we go. A text
0: message has never been written that Cincinnati has won a playoff game. Maybe that might happen. They're up tough against the Raiders. Like uh, everyone was saying, people discount Derek Carr. I've seen I watched countless YouTube videos where it was dumpster fire Carr and they're just happy to be here. Uh, giving more clout to the Steelers. No offense to the Steelers. they, they didn't have the you know the, the best season and they were marred by a lot of stuff and a tie almost cost them <laughs> uh, their playoffs, but they were giving more clout and more uh, you know chances to the Steelers uh, than they were uh, the Raiders. So it's not an easy matchup. Uh, But does home field advantage uh, help the Bengals who are, who can feel this is, this is their team. Now they finally have a good one. They finally have a shot. Does that home playoff matchup uh, give Cincinnati the edge? I don't know if
1: the home field is going to give them an edge so much as Joe Burrow gives them an edge.
0: Yes. Derek
1: Carr, people have dumped on him for years because he never really lived up to some of the hype that came around him. Uh, but that's also the fact that he was a victim of his own team. He never had a great team surrounding him really consistently.
0: Also his uh, brother. They were, always,
1: they were always great on paper, but they would always get hurt week one. So then they would be missing half the team the rest of the year. But Derek Carr, as far as talent goes, he peaked three or four years ago. He, he, that was as best as he was going to be. He hasn't gotten any better. He hasn't really gotten any worse, but he stayed consistent. Joe Burrow is still young and his ceiling is still way up here, and he's still here as far as where he can be. He has got a long way to go to reach his full potential, and he's already lighting up the league the way he is, and is cementing himself as a fixture of the new the new breed of of uh, quarterbacks that are going to be the face of the NFL along with guys like Herbert, and when you can mention him, Kyler Murray, and a couple others. So I think that's actually the biggest edge that Cincinnati has is the fact of. Burrell's younger. He's faster. I think he has a much better arm. And he's got a few more weapons at his disposal. Uh, I I mean, yes, now home field obviously gives you a bit of advantage with the crowd going crazy. But we all know that a lot of fans, a lot of teams in the NFL have fans who travel well. My Steelers travel well. The Cowboys travel well. The Packers travel well. The Patriots travel well. Ra- Raiders fans, they travel pretty good, too. So there's going to be a vocal contingent there. So I don't think it's going to be quite, you know, a hundred percent in favor of the home team. Uh, I think when it goes going to come down to it, it's first of all, I mean, Joe Burrow, does he handle the playoff pressure? If he said the answer is yes,
3: Cincinnati takes this game. And you're real. We're really starting to see actually like what Joe Burrow is after his injury, like seeing him at full strength. Mm-hmm. He has three receivers over a thousand yards rushing each this season. Like, yes, Derek Carr has had his ups and downs in Vegas, and even this season has been so up and down. Um, That's a really – it's going to be a closer matchup, I feel, than people think. I still think the Bengals are just going to edge past them. But like you said, Charles, it will come down to see actually how Joe Burrow will contest with that playoff pressure. Like, it's one thing to explode in the NFL season like he has this year. Um, but it's when that playoff atmosphere hits, it's a totally different animal.
4: The Raiders have to do one thing and do one thing really well. They got to hand that ball to Josh Jacobs. You know, Derek Carr's had a spectacular season this year. We was 140 yards away from being a 5,000-yard passer. Granted, of course, 18-week season, but still being – In that 4,000-yard range within a 17-week season, Derek Carr's slinging that ball. And frankly, he's been slinging the ball to deck. I mean, Darren Waller's been hurt for a large chunk of the season. We don't need to get into the Henry Ruggs fiasco, but you know, Derek Carr has really put the Raiders on his back. It's now time. You have to get that ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. Their defense will not stand up especially that secondary Jonathan Abrams is a fantastic strong safety but that defensive backfield for the Raiders is going to get chewed up so simply all Derek needs to do this weekend what he needs to do best is just do that and for all everyone who's listening just stick that hand out and put that ball into the chest of Josh Jacobs let that clock run down and give them as little opportunity as possible to get down that field and score points on them at the same time, though, this could be, in my opinion, this is going to be a 35-32, 35-28 game. I think that this game is going to be the best game of the week, and it's the first one that's up. So I'm really excited about that Cincinnati Raiders game.
2: Um, yeah, I, for me, this is a tough one. Um, if I was betting on it, and I probably will come the weekend. <laughs> um, this is a toss up for me. It really is. Um, the Raiders, they are a good team. Derek Carr has been consist- more consistent than he has been earlier in his career. Um, he does have a lot of weapons, but they are banged up. Um, like was mentioned earlier that Cincinnati defense is kind of sketchy. They scare me. So if they can stay off the field and keep Joe Burrow on the field, I think they have a real shot at winning the game. Um, like Ryan said, it's going to be, I think it's going to be high scoring. Both offenses are very talented. Um, and if you're betting the spread, bet the over.
0: Bet the over and uh, yeah, bet on uh, comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow. He no is going question. to dictate. Uh, oh yeah, he's going to dictate what happens. If he has a bad game, then uh, I think Derek Carr has been through a lot more bad games and <laughs> knows how to handle what happens. Uh, Joe Burrow, um, it's a lot different to handle that between college and in the NFL. And the second game on Saturday's. Uh, docket is um one that a lot of people are excited about because it's a rivalry game and uh we get to see mac jones and what he brings to playoff football now be honest cole what percentage do you give your team do you uh do you have faith in mac or do you just go okay bill tell me what to do i'll do it and uh what uh, what are your chances going into Buffalo?
3: Honestly, I love our chances going into Buffalo. I mean, we're 1-1 one and one in the season. Both games were such a good matchup. I mean, you have the game where Mac only attempted three passes and we ran all over the Buffalo defense. And then you have the game in New England where we got a little behind and... Um, Josh Allen took control of the game and our defense couldn't hold them. Um, Honestly, I'd give us, I don't know, like 75%. That's my hopeful for it. It's going to be a great game. I mean, if it's anything like the last two and how strong both of these teams are offensively and defensively. I mean, you have Mac Jones that's set up with such a strong running back's great offensive line. The receivers are getting there and getting more comfortable, stronger tight ends this season. And our defense has been the talk of the NFL all year. They usually are, but we've gotten such key players back in the defensive side that they have the they have the matchups to stop all of Josh Allen's weapons in my opinion. As long as Damian Harris is healthy, Give in just hand him the ball just let him run around the field like last time. I think the only weapon you that uh, you can't
1: really answer for new, from New England's point of view is Josh Allen's raw strength of his arm. I
2: don't yeah. think i have
1: ever seen an arm I don't think have ever seen an arm that powerful that young. Uh, there is there's something that you got to be wary of Patriots fans. Mac Jones is not good when he trails at halftime. I think the numbers are he's one in five when he trails at the half. So you, you can't let Buffalo get ahead of you at all, really. Uh, and the evidence actually was pretty much the way that the uh, regular season series went. I think you guys were winning at halftime in the, the that snowball game. And Buffalo was <laughs> ahead at halftime in the last meeting. And the teams that were ahead at half wound up winning the game. Um now, obviously, Bill Belichick uh, got to be the greatest coach of this generation, and he—I uh, hate to admit it—because God, he did with my Steelers so many years. He is the king of halftime adjustments. So,
3: oh, no doubt about that.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, the first half and the second half will not be the same game, especially come playoff time. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sold on New England having all the answers. I'm not. I mean, yes, Mac Jones is a rookie. Did he do way better than everyone anticipated? Absolutely. My hand is up there. I had New England being a nine-win team, not a 12-win team. So full, full props to the New England Patriots and Mac Jones for ex- uh, exceeding expectations in the regular season and bringing it down to the last week Is who's going to have the division title? But I don't think they've got the answers to handle Buffalo. I think Josh Allen is probably the most motivated quarterback coming into the playoffs out of everybody. They had an up and down regular season. There was a couple of weeks where you thought these guys were more pretenders than contenders. And I think he's out to prove just a little too much. And that's going to make a big difference because he is going to be lighting it up as best he can. He's going to look for his receivers on those 70 yard plays. And I bet he makes it at least one of them early on. He's going to have one big play early and it's going to really change the flow of the game. I've got Buffalo winning on this one, 35, 24.
4: I can't agree on the score. This is going to be the game where we said the over in the last game, bet the under in this game. This one's probably going to be the snoozer, but this, if you like defensive football, I don't know. I'm a psychopath. I, 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 I like defensive football. I can watch that 10-7 <laughs> game. Uh, but really Achilles heel here for Buffalo is when we talk about most valuable players, Josh Allen is the epitome of that. Because if you were to put in any other player in that Buffalo Bills team, it, you're not even looking at the same team. So, you know, you've got arguably the best coach of all time in Bill Belichick. Defensive guy, you've got to figure that their game planning, their best contained defense into just keeping Josh Allen stationary. You also have to remember with Josh Allen's last few games especially, he was hitting 55 to 70 yards rushing. You know, Josh Allen's the best rusher on that team. So not only is he going to bomb one at least, you know, 60, 70 yards, but he's also going to cook you on the ground too. So, the you know, New England's defense has got to work that contain. But when you're looking at New England's offense, I mean, the easy answer is to say run the ball you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But we saw what running the ball did the second time around when they were able, when Buffalo was able to contain that run and put the ball in Mac Jones's hands, that's where you started to see the, the table start to turn for Buffalo. So Mac Jones, the wide receiving core is garbage. You've got to hit your tight ends. You've got to get Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith into those plays and that's where Max got to shine. Throw it up to your big tight ends. Do the 50-50 balls if you have to. But that's the only way you're going to beat the Buffalo Bills is getting the ball into Max's hands and immediately out to those big targets downfield. But, again, that's going to be your 10-7, 13-7 game, and I can't wait for it. It's going to be a great game.
1: One, one thing actually Ryan almost touched on, and I uh, thought he were going to go that direction, buddy, uh, yeah, Josh Allen is going to probably lead the Buffalo Bills in rushing this game, but he but – Josh Allen has to be a smart runner this time. Yeah. Uh, I, li- I like to compare Josh to a very young 2004, 2005 Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he will run straight at linebackers and lower shoulder and try and knock them on their ass. Uh, he can't do that this game. He's got to slide and give himself up, or he's got to run out of bounds. He can't afford to take a, a big bump and go into concussion protocol or be on the sidelines nursing a bad shoulder all game long. He's got to be perfect condition. He's got to keep himself good. Otherwise, Buffalo is up the creek. Because as you said, you put any other quarterback in Buffalo, this team is not a playoff team without Josh Allen.
4: Exactly, and I mean Matthew Judon. This is his game. Uh, You know, uh, that this is his time to get in there. And hell, I mean, yes, he's you know he's on the line. But if there's a guy who's going to be your spy for the game, oh, that's. Matthew Judon's time to get in there and neutralize those runs because the second you start giving up these 10 15 yard scrambles to Josh Allen then you don't know what he's going to throw at you you can contain them mm-hmm. to those two yard gains or those tackles for loss or sacks then your corners are good enough to you know you got to double Stefan Diggs but mm-hmm. the rest of that wide receiving core up against that New England backfield, I take, I'll take New England's backfield. But you got a tough task in stopping, arguably again one of those top five quarterbacks in the league, in Josh Allen.
1: Just make sure those New England secondary actually knows how to tackle Stephon Diggs and don't pull uh-huh. <laughs> him.
0: Exactly. You don't even go for the ball. Just, just, just wrap. Take the PI.
1: <laughs>
4: take the PI. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was just trying to, to look up uh, – I guess a lot of people have uh, have bet the rushing for Josh Allen because I was going to say if his uh, over-under is at 60, then I would definitely bet the over. Uh, but I, I cannot find it, so it means a lot of people have bet that same thing. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. it does look like in Buffalo no snow, which that does impact a lot of New England. Uh, New England – Buffalo Games uh it will be minus 12 Celsius for uh, for Canadians and uh 99% of who listen to this follow uh the Imper- uh the metric system. Uh sorry for all those listeners in America do do math or figure it out or join the metric system. Um uh it will if if the temperature holds it will be the second coldest game in Bills history. Take that information for as you wish, whatever that does to your betting or decision making on who's gonna win. Uh, but the over overall is 44 right now, as of recording. So uh take the under. <laughs> yeah, I take the under
3: all day on uh, that you. one. I don't
1: know. I gotta get yeah. I gotta get feeling on that on, on that one. I just I I see something a little bit of uh, abnormality happening. I'll take the over on
0: that one. I I hate, uh, I hate betting unders. I always like for scoring and uh, basketball. I'm the worst ax. I'm like, Oh yeah, 220 points. No problem. And then it's a 88 70 game. I'm like, what the hell happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, same with football. I like to bet who, uh, you know, who's going to score touchdowns, which means lots of scoring, but, uh, Playoffs, you have to shut that part of your brain off because it's it's defense wins championships.
2: It's
1: true. It's damn yeah. true. And gotta I say think,
3: New England knows all about that.
2: Uh,
1: well, so do these boys. So do these boys think. all easy.
2: <laughs> I think like Justin said, with it being cold, I can see it being a very uh, ground-based game. Throwing those footballs, especially with an arm like Josh Allen, those are going to hurt coming in. He's got a cannon. And and when he's firing those five to seven yard passes, those are going to hurt. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of balls being thrown, especially cold. They might not even be able to grip. Some of the throws might be wobbling, this, that, and the other thing. So if the weather is cold, I can see a very ground based running game, low scoring, drag them out, fight in the trenches kind of style. And if that's
4: the case, New England's got the advantage. I mean, I, I, again, going back to that to that running game, you know, okay, if we're going to have a running game, if you look at New England's running, like, their backfield there, I like Damian Harris, but I also love Ramon J. Stevenson. That guy is just a is just a muscle mouse. That guy is awesome. So that's the type of running game you want. I'm not sold on Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to give you – you know, 150 yards combined rushing or anything like that. You can get 150 yards out of those guys. Also, another thing: uh, if you played in the winter time or when it gets down to the real low temperatures, getting hit and falling on that hard, icy ground—if you know—that's how shoulders get popped, and that's how MVP quarterbacks get taken out of the game for a quarter and that's how things turn in, in ice cold, in ice cold games. So it should be interesting, but uh, you know, I I don't think any of these teams are going to walk away from this game coming out a hundred percent. Like these guys are going to beat each other up. So all the advantage for the next team that has to play them. Right.
0: Well, does Mac Jones have more than three attempts this time? (laughs) I'm going to go with yes least I don't, I don't, I have to see. Cause you can, you can bet on a lot of Mac Jones stuff. His rushing is 8.5 yards. Let's see what his, which, uh,
3: which are usually like the fourth and ones player passing. attempts. pretty good. At. Mac
0: Jones, his over is 30 and a half for play passing attempts. Woo-hoo. Take the under. <laughs> that's yeah, I, so I take the that's under. a lot of throws.
4: That's
1: it. If the weather stays that cold, absolutely, I'll, i I may. Refer, I may revise my choice there, but I. I would take the under on the passing attempts, but. Uh, New England's running backs might actually wind up being the difference in. Uh, keeping Josh Allen off the field, if if it holds that way.
0: That's uh, yeah. It it should be if you like that old style football. That'll be a great way to close out your Saturday nights. Get some sleep if you can and uh, wake up because you got three games on Sunday. Uh, First, we start with sunny Florida. Actually, I have no idea if it's sunny. It's January. It could rain one of the 10 times it rains in Florida each year. Um, Ryan, same question. What percentage do you give the Eagles to actually pull off I mean, Tom Brady does have trouble with NFC teams. You saw last year, they, they the Washington football team and uh, Taylor Hennocky almost did it. You know, the the upstart almost did it, and you know, way back uh, with Donovan McNabb, that probably should have been the Eagles Super Bowl. I know I was cheering for them, and then uh, you know, famously, a few years ago, it's starting to be almost a few years. Is it five years already? Yeah. Uh, we have five years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, so yeah, five years ago, the, the famous uh, Philly special and they took care of business with Tom Brady, not having the weapons that he normally does. Does that bump up your percentage for only one reason?
4: And one reason alone, Philadelphia is the best second half team in football. If you can reduce the amount of scores that happened in the first half with Brady, so if this game ends up being a a 14-0 even or a 10-3 at the half, watch Philly go. Philly plays desperate football, but at the same time, they don't turn over the ball. Uh, Philly, remarkably coming off uh, Carson Wentz's debacle last year, Philly actually doesn't really turn over the ball all that much. So, I give it about 70-30. Now, if Brady goes out there and throws three touchdowns in the first half, that it's over, it's done. But again, watch Philadelphia second half. I mean, this team is number 1 in rushing. Now, granted you got to beat those big guys Vita Vea and JPP up front and all that, but I trust uh, I I I got to go with my gut, but I, I think the Bucs are, are certainly a, a team to beat, but I think it's a much closer situation than a lot of people are giving credit to. Second half football, number one in the league, number one rushing team. Again, it's like some of these other games. The longer that Tommy sits on the sidelines with the, uh, with the tablet, the better. And what a better team to keep Tom off the field than the team that runs, what was it? It was... Five or six consecutive games of rushing 175 yards plus. Uh, you know, if, if the stars align, Philly could could line up
0: the upset. But he's the goat, so I'll, I'll give you 70-30 on it. Sunday's weather is, of course, rain and uh, 12 degree plus 12. I mean, humidity. It's Florida. It's warm. To us Canadians, we'll go swimming. Um, but, uh, yeah, calling for, uh, wind and rain. So I think that just, I think that
1: favors Philadelphia all that much more because it's going to, when ball, when it's raining, we all see it, the ball stays on the ground way more, almost even more so than when it's a cold game. Like, like we were supposed to see a Buffalo this weekend. So I think that actually gives Philadelphia the better edge. Uh, uh yes, Tom is familiar with all the weather, rain and cold playing in new England for 20 years, but it's a different beast when you're in Florida. Uh, I, I, honestly, I actually give the Eagles a better than a better than 40% chance of pulling this game off, uh, for almost a, a different reason, uh, than what Ryan was saying. Tom's got his three top weapons gone. His three top deep weapons are not playing this game. The only real big weapon he's got is Mr. Six foot six, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, if Tom's going to be putting this ball in the air, he, he won't be throwing no deep ball. Uh, I expect to see Gronk to get between 15 and 20 targets this game. Uh, and, that, and it's going to be more so yards after contact, yards after the catch. Uh, I, like I said, Ryan, earlier, I think when, when we kicked kicking off the show, I hope to God Philadelphia does not go one-on-one with Gronk because I don't think they have anybody who can really shut him down on a single-man coverage basis. If they're going to play a little more double team or uh, a close 4-3 four, uh, zone, they have a much better chance, and then let your offensive line, defensive line, do its work.
3: Yeah, like what Ryan was saying, like Philly does have that running game, but look at the big boys that the Bucks have up front on that line. There's, there's no way they're going to be walking in like they have most of the games. And you got to remember, Charles, Tom Brady now is four to Tom, so he's used to that four to weather. He knows how to play that game. He doesn't remember what
0: rain is like or
3: snow. He's retiring in the Super Bowl. Retirement Tom. Gronk came out of nowhere. He hadn't been really hit most of the season and was the star of the game all over that KC defense last season. So, I mean, Tom Brady knows his targets. They might have uh, Fournette back. We'll see. But I think he'll... He'll take Philly, no question.
1: Well, remember, it was um, it was either the Carolina game or the game after. Gronk only got two targets because he was in Tom's doghouse So because he had dropped a few balls the week beforehand. So, as I'm saying, if, if Gronk's going to get his targets, he's going to get a lot, but he's got to hold on to the ball. He's It's going to come down to Gronk catching and going yards after the play. If that doesn't happen, I, I I don't care how how long Tom's been in Florida and he's used to the weather. I don't give Tom much of a chance. If Gronk is, isn't having the game of his life, not without Evans, Goodwin, and Mr. D. Queen Antonio Brown not in the lineup.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the over is forty-six with uh, the rain that uh, that might make the under. Uh, my my uh, bet to uh, to do this for this game is uh, bet the defensive or special teams touchdown uh, right. with uh, weather and all that. The guarantee there's going to be a fumble or. Uh, miss throw, which uh, always means for a higher chance of, uh, of touchdowns on the defensive or special teams. So uh, that's, that's my, that's my uh, intuition, if you will. Two quick things, of course, quick
4: bets, Jalen Hurts, multi-touchdown score. That guy's running it in twice, guaranteed. Whether it's a quarterback sneak or he gets on the option play and gets in there, your, your leading scorer for the Eagle's Jalen Hurts, once again, what else is new? Um, Number two, you want to get specific on the defensive takeaways. Darius Slay. Big play Slay, I think, has had three returns for six points this season alone. So you get wet balls, you get mishandling, of catches. Big play Slay, if he gets that green grass in front of him, he's gone. So if you want to get specific, you want to earn some real money, they
0: can play slave for a defensive uh, touchdown. Gobert. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, we could, we could. The weather could play an impact. We could see an upset. Now, my team, the Niners. Of course, I'm giving a hundred percent chance. Um, when I saw the matchup, <laughs> I, I knew this was this was our best matchup. I did not want to face the Bucks because we we never. It, Just if you can stay clear. Um, I mean, if we could have played the Rams, I mean, hell, we beat them twice. Uh, You know, we were in their heads somehow. Uh, We always seem to be in one NFC West team's head each year. Uh, So I would have loved to see that. I did not want to play the Cardinals because we, even with, um, (laughs) even with uh, Kyler Murray out, we still couldn't beat them. So. Uh, I would have loved to play the Rams, but then the Cowboys come knocking and coming back to the old rivalry, another, uh, I mean, a rivalry that doesn't really exist uh, since I think T.O. really kind of started to ignite it with that two touchdown game and the star. But I mean, that fizzled out when T.O. left and Emmett Smith left and it, it's not really been anything, but we could see a rekindling of uh, the much-loved rivalry from the '70s, the '80s, the '90s—the team of the '80s versus the team of the '90s—and many people are kind of this. Is, people are calling this a toss-up, even though the Cowboys are favored by three. This is—it's uh, a toss-up. There are people betting both sides. There's no easy way to tell who's going to win. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys have been good, but I, I don't think they're they're ready to step up. I think they're kind of at the plateau. It could be eating my words come Sunday, but uh, a lot of people on the Cowboys side are nervous, which never bodes well. So, uh, I mean, we all know where I, I lie. So I'm going to be heavily invested uh, weather for that. It doesn't matter because it's inside and it's also Texas. So. Uh, as unrealistic as madden 2020 is where you go to we play the qb1 and it's snowing in texas uh (laughs) doesn't matter because you're inside uh that's uh that's my take uh you know jimmy jesus if he shows up he shows up that's uh the key he has to show up he did not show up for the first half of week 18 um and, uh, yeah, we have a good sporting cast. The over is 51. The over-under is 51, which is quite high for a playoff game. But these two teams have been known to just keep scoring. Although San Francisco's defense, I would say, is I think it's better than the Cowboys' defense. Um, but, again, take that for what it is because that could be a little bias. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I know – I know uh, Ryan's take, I, I like that. Uh, that was, made me smile. Uh, 100%. Dallas
4: uh, uh, Dallas is the most phony team in the playoff picture uh, this year. Um, they are what they are. They're exactly like the Philadelphia Eagles in the sense that they only beat bad teams and they lose against good teams. San Francisco 49ers do, of course, the best things perfectly. The, the easy things perfectly. They run the ball effectively. They put the ball into the playmaker's hands. This isn't a game that's going to involve Jimmy G to go over the top and throw it 30 times a game. It never happens that way anyways. If San Francisco Kyle Shanahan go it goes in there and just game plans effectively just to run the ball as they do always – Dallas is, is is fool's gold. Um, Nick Bosa, I like Nick Bosa to get a couple of sacks in this game. Um, Dallas is again just going off of their record history. They get you know kind of flushed early, especially like the games like they played against Kansas City, for instance, where they only have nine or ten points to show for all of those offensive weapons. You've got a great uh, great San Francisco defense that I think is going to shut that down. And uh, quite frankly, I think Dallas is kind of starting to hit that downslope as far as their players go. You know, you've got your Amari Cooper, especially Zeke. Zeke has shown great regression this year. Uh, unless Tony Pollard's going to be able to carry the ball in – uh, I, I And the stats starting to leave me now, but it's something along the lines of if Dak Prescott has to throw the ball over 25 times, the Cowboys win percentage basically goes directly into the toilet. So mm-hmm. all that to say, you can put Dak on his ass. Uh, let's go Niners. Uh, I'll take the Niners to take that game. And if there's any points, take the spread with it while you're at.
2: I've got two things about this game that kind of concern me. I do see it as a toss up just for these two reasons. One Ryan already kind of touched on it was Zeke. Um, He is playing injured. How injured is he? And is he going to be able to run more than like two or three yards of carry? Um, If Zeke goes, then the Cowboys go. If he can't go, this is going to be tough for them to do much of anything um, the second concern I have it's but with the 49ers is Jimmy G and that thumb. How's the thumb? Is he going to be able to throw the ball? Um, I know they don't rely heavily on throwing the ball. They're more of a run-based team. But when you have to hold on to a football, your thumb really, really gives you all that strength to hold on to that ball. So is he going to be able to make accurate passes with that damaged thumb?
3: Oh, I can really see this game... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Charles. No, you no, go,
1: go ahead, Cole. You already had it going. Sorry.
3: Oh, it's all good. I was going to say, I can really see this game either going two ways. <clears throat> one could be a really high-scoring matchup with how good some of their defensive plays are, but also how high their offensive skills on both sets have gone. You got CD Lamb with Dak hooking up all the time on almost every game. And then you have Jimmy G really showing up this season. Um, I mean, they drafted a QB first rounder and there was all the question on Jimmy G and how he really was. Like, was he even going to be traded this season? And look how much he's carried San Fran and shown up and played the game. But you got to really look at both sides of defenses too. They're really strong. Um, so it could either be a high scoring game or I could see... Uh, San Fran pulling away from them because we all know how the Dallas Cowboys go. And when it comes to those games, they just choke. You see those weaknesses hit, and the San Fran defense are going to eat those up for breakfast. So I'm going San Fran on that game all day long,
1: and I'm going to hop on the San Fran bandwagon for this game for very few reasons really it's nothing that we probably haven't already said but remember Dallas even under Tony Romo and yes we're gonna wind the clock back a few years of good old Tony Romo uh, every year Dallas had a great year they choked in the playoffs they might win the wild card game but they would get thumped in the divisional round or they would they would blow it in the wild card round Dallas routinely chokes in the big moments because they'll make a mistake. They'll make them a, a mistake, an interception. They won't convert it on, on a key third down on a drive that would really put them in range for points. They, and, and they're going to leave a lot of points on the board. And San Francisco is going to make them pay for that. Uh, San Francisco's run game is phenomenal. And the Shanahan offense doesn't require Jimmy G to be throwing 40, 50 yard bombs every second play. Just got to dump it off to the tight end or a short route for the wide receiver. It makes life very easy for him. Even with the thumb injury, he could still probably get enough strength on the ball to get it there. Uh, I don't think that uh, Ezekiel Elliott's really much of a factor anymore. Yes, he can still run. But when was the last time Zeke was, has been healthy for even half a year? He's been hurt most of the last two, three years. He has, he's, I don't think he's played healthy at all in quite some time outside of his rookie and sophomore years. So, I mean, I don't think Zeke's a factor the same way he was. He'll, he'll, he, he's good in short-yarded situations, really, if, if you need a quick three-, four-yard power run pickup for a first down. Um, I think they're going to have to rely a little too much on Dak. And like uh, Ryan, I think was saying that like when Dak's got to throw it more than 25 or 30 times, they don't win. Cause Dak is not, no, D- Dak is as good as he is. is not a tier one quarterback. He's a tier two quarterback. So he's not the kind of guy who, you know, he's not a Patty Mahone with Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers who can throw it 40 times a game and still put up some good numbers and still give your team a chance to win. So I'm going to take San Fran to cover spread and win this game just based on the fact of their defense, I think is better. Bosa is going to probably give Prasca some nightmares, but uh, I don't like Dallas' chances here.
0: I will also say another easy bet in the over under is all they did was uh, players to get a sack and it was .5, so One sack for Nick Bosa wins you the bet. Can't, uh, it's hard not to put money on that as well. And uh, finally the last game on Sunday, Sunday night Steelers chiefs, Charles, same question to you as much as you want to say, uh, what percentage does big Ben get one more game after this weekend? Well,
1: first I'll start off by saying that, you know, as Kerry Underwood would say, we will be waiting all day for Sunday night. Um, Honestly, this game comes down one of two ways. If Tyreek Hill, who hurt his heel last week, and he was playing hurt, if he's not 100% and he's limited on his routes or he doesn't even play, the Steelers have a chance because we have a pretty decent defense led by who I think should be Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. 22 and a half sacks the man is unstoppable he missed three games and didn't record a sack in a couple others so out of 17 games he only recorded a sack in like 12 and he still gets 22 sacks including a monstrous four sack game uh near the end of the year uh if that's the way it plays out i give us a 50 50 shot at winning i'm not going to go too much higher than that because ben can't throw the deep ball like he used to i mean if this was Ben of 2018 when he had about 5,100 yards, uh, this game would be electric because this would be like this. Would, this would this would be like an old gunslinger western movie with, with uh, Clint Eastwood, and you you'd hear the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly music going. Um, but Ben of 2022 of the 21 and 2022, not the same. Obviously, he's near the end of his career. This is it for him. Uh, he doesn't have the arm strength. He could probably throw one or two deep balls, but he. Chase Claypool isn't the fastest guy. He's not going to get there. Uh, It's a little too easy to pick off those passes for him now. So if Tyreek Hill is healthy or healthy enough to be a difference maker, I give the Chiefs uh, an 80% chance and I'll give us 20% chance. uh, We will win on the strength of our defense. Either way, whether it's without Tyreek or with Tyreek for Kansas City, uh, it's going to come down to that for them. And is TJ Watt the difference maker on defense? Uh, you can't take away from guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden in, in the corner. Uh, they're good enough. I mean, Mika has been, you know, one of the most improved players in the last couple of years for the Steelers. And Hayden was a great pickup coming over. It uh, really helped solidify the, the secondary. But if it's a healthy Tyreek, I don't give us much of a chance. If Tyreek is, you know, hobbled, barely playing, I give us a, a 50-50 shot to uh to come out. Uh this will not be a high scoring affair. Uh, if we're going to win, we're going to keep it under 25 points aside. It's not going to be a shootout game. Um what's the over under while you're looking up there Justin what's the over under on on my boys? 46 um, and
0: a half is the over under. 36 and a half? 46. Oh, 46. I I'll, I'll take the
1: under on that game. Thank you very much.
0: And it's uh it looks to be plus 2 minus 3 no uh, significant other weather in Kansas City.
1: Uh, Patty Mahomes can handle cold, and Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, Pittsburgh is cold. Just There's only a couple places in the league that get colder than Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, Ryan's Ryan and the Eagles know all about cold weather, too, playing in the same state. So uh, that's the weather's not going to affect us. The one X factor, maybe, for the Steelers beyond defense is the fact that we finally have a 1,000-yard rusher for the first time in a few years. And Najeeem Harris, what a what – a, He's turned out to be a stud, in my mind, for a rookie. Uh, We expected big things from him. I think he's played great. Obviously, he's on bumps in the road being a rookie. He's still learning the league. But uh, he could be an X factor, especially if it's cold enough that the game sticks more to a ground war. Uh, i definitely like our chances.
4: I just don't see it. Um, the the big the the factor here is that unfortunately the two offenses don't match, and where Kansas City especially is very strong is in their defensive line with Frank Clark up front. I really like that matchup against, unfortunately, an aging Pittsburgh O line. Uh, there's a lot of holes in that lineup, especially Ben. He's about as mobile as a tree, so. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't like that matchup uh, at all. Of course, you can't take away what Pittsburgh does on the defensive side of the ball. It's just unfortunately given the weapons, the matchups. Yeah, I I would probably agree to take the under in this game, but I think certainly a large majority of those points are going to come from Kansas City. Um, and Naji Harris is fantastic. I, I love him. That guy can that guy can pound the rock. It's just when you get into those situations, is this going to be one of those games that it's going to be a close score at half? Maybe, but it also could be one of those games where this game's over by half and that whole running the ball option may not be available. So uh, they got to give it to Kansas City on this one, but who who wants to see Kansas City win anymore? I mean, I'd love for the Steelers to go in there and clean house, but unfortunately with this matchup, Gotta go Kansas City.
1: Okay, well, like I said, if Tyree kills in and he's and he's effective, I'm I I've have got to give Kansas City better than three to one odds to beat us in terms of percentages. It's gonna be like 80, 85% for them just from an opening kickoff. Uh without Tyree killed, though that takes away Patty Mahomes' biggest weapon downfield. And I like our defense over the middle enough to mm-hmm. keep Mahomes contained that it would it's gonna give us a shot. Like I said, 50-50 shot at best. Not not gonna give us a favorite there but it's got to without Tyreek Hill. I really am going to hang my hat out here and be a little biased, but I'm really going to hang my hat and say Pittsburgh has a chance.
4: Well, Kansas City can't run the ball either. So, (laughs) you know, if you, you, you do lose an asset like that. uh, Yeah. If you're expecting Nicole Hardman and, you know, uh, uh, not uh, what's his name, not James Robinson, but uh, well, that's how relevant he is. Uh, (laughs) I don't remember his first name. So, you know, if you've got to put somebody like Mick Fitzpatrick and you got to glue him to Travis Kelsey and you've got that one-on-one, uh, yeah, okay, then the scales kind of tip a little more. But uh, unfortunately, if yeah, you get those weapons that are kind of scattering at that defense. Yeah. Kansas City's defensive line, unfortunately. And what is up with Deontay Johnson dropping everything that comes in his general direction? So it's not Don't like Ben's really that. getting – he's not getting any help there anyway, so – uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for it.
1: Don't get me started on Deontay Johnson. Please don't get me started. Jay, Lloyd.
3: I think you got your uh, mic muted there, uh, Cole. Oh, I, ha, I do. Thanks. Uh, I was going to say, with how Casey's really been playing this season, you've seen their holes. You've seen that they can lose. And you never know; they could really their de- ground and pound defense for the Steelers could really hold them.
2: Yeah, I uh, I think we we had seen the holes and the mistakes made by Kansas City, especially early in the season. Um, a lot of just weird. Stuff that Mahomes was doing, trying to do too much, trying to force balls to receivers, trying to run when he had no running lane, and fumbling, and all this other, all these other issues that he had early in the year. Um, if Pittsburgh can expose those holes, I think they have a really good chance to win. Um, however, Mahomes just—he he looks locked in. He looks like, no, I'm I'm done. I'm going all the way now. I'm done playing. He looks locked in. He looks dangerous. Kansas City looks like Kansas City. Um, I would like to see Pittsburgh win, just for the simple fact of division rivalry with Kansas City. Um, but I don't really see it happening, honestly.
0: It's, uh, it's one of those, uh, we can hope, and one in a thousand times it it does happen which gets us talking about the next one until it happens and our jaws are on the floor
1: Uh, just remember what what patino said any given sunday
0: any given sunday i have to watch that movie again i always watch it before playoffs just gets the people going you know (laughs) to end off wild card long weekend The division rivalry, the reason why it was put on Monday, because they knew it would uh, get people watching. Uh, The home, as of right now, of the Super Bowl, uh, depending on what uh, the the county decides, although I don't think that's in talks anymore, but there was a time where they were talking about where will the Super Bowl be played if we can only have half capacity? Of course, Dallas was like, hey, over here, look at us. Because uh, you know, Texas or Florida is was, was one of those two. Uh, Cards versus Rams. Now, this is going to be a slug fest. Um, as, as much of you are on, you know, Matt Stafford has really turned it around, and showed that he is a great quarterback, and it was mm-hmm. not his fault all those years in Detroit. Uh, like many people pointed out, he fell apart against San Francisco in the second half and overtime. And a lot of people say that that is just Matt Stafford. Uh, he wasn't used to winning so much. And, um, but I, I do think he's a lot better. I, I, don't, I didn't chalk it up to, oh, that's old Matt Stafford for you. Uh, but uh, I do think he has to clean up a few things. Can they clean it up against mm-hmm. uh, the cards and Kyler Murray and him just running around not being tall enough to tackle the over is 49 and a half which i think they can absolutely reach uh even though it's playoff football and it's in an indoor outdoor stadium i don't quite get how that stadium is considered an outdoor stadium but it is um I i think it's a potential to be uh you know it, it it could be come down to the last possession whoever has the last possession wins the game uh that's that's been these teams when they played each other uh and uh, again they're that familiarity uh not just this year but forever uh i think this is a great game to close out uh wild card weekend
4: You know, though, we were, you said there in that sentence there, Justin, where, ah, uh, you know, Matt Stafford fell apart in the fourth quarter and in overtime, and is it regular Matt Stafford? Actually, Matt Stafford has thrown more touchdowns in the fourth quarter than any other quarterback in the league. So it's uncharacteristic, at least this time around, that Matt Stafford wasn't strong at the end of the game. If anything, if you remember back to the Vikings-Rams <laughs> game from a few uh, few weeks ago, you know, Stafford threw something ridiculous like two or three interceptions in that game, still managed to bring the team back uh, and, and beat a good, at least a functional Minnesota team. You know, what this really comes down to is the strength of the rosters, um, and I don't see it with Arizona. In comparison to you got know, Matt Stafford, also, Matt Stafford does not get enough credit. He has taken two wide receivers in his career to basically one and two in the single season passing yards record. Well, you know, Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup.
0: So, Cup is, Cup is scary, man. Like, I never want to face him, always want him on my side. But, uh, I, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, tend not to look at the Rams or Matt Stafford what how they're doing because they're a rival so I hope they just lose but yeah he he's really been uh, if it wasn't for Joe Burrow he could have been considered for comeback player of the year even though he wasn't injured but his circumstances make it seem like he was dead
4: <laughs> well uh, you you gotta figure like
0: uh, kudos to
4: Sean McVay. I mean, I, I, I think at this point, Sean McVay could probably put either one of us under center and make us look, you know, formidable as a quarterback. Um, but then on top of that, you surround uh, Matt Stafford with OBJ, uh, with Cooper Cup. Uh, Van Jefferson's looking like an excellent deep threat. Uh, you get Cam Akers, who's back. Him and um, Darrell Henderson, they're going to be pounding the rocks. So you can't even figure out if it's going to be a passing or running game for, from the Rams. And let's not even talk about the defense. Regardless if J.J. Watt or Chandler Jones really do show up, uh, that front seven of Los Angeles is ridiculous. Oh, and that's right. They've also got the best corner in the league, too. So, I mean... As much as Arizona has been kind of the, the good heartfelt story of being kind of the projected bottom feeder team in that division. And now here they are, you know, in the playoffs, just playing for it. I I really can't see Arizona with the roster that they have right now, overpowering the LA Rams. So I agree. It's definitely going to be an over game points wise, but L.A. is is going to be definitely a force to be reckoned.
1: Oh, it's like I said right off of, uh, early in the show, three words, Matt Stafford unleashed. Uh, for years, we saw him in Detroit. He wasn't given a coach who could coach to his strengths. Matt Stafford was always, you always felt like he was leaving something on the table. You were always looking for more from him. I mean, I was the same way. I love Matt Stafford. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Steelers fan. I love watching him play. I loved how he played the game. Uh he goes to he goes to Los Angeles to an off, a more offensively minded coach in Sean McVay. Sean McVay loves to go for it, he loves to take big risks because he usually with the weapons he has, he usually knows it's bigger risk and he's going to get rewarded for it. Suddenly, Matt Stafford looks like the Matt Stafford we thought we'd see 15 years ago in, in Detroit. So in a matchup of quarterbacks, right now with the weapons he's got, I gotta give the edge to the LA Rams. Kyler Murray, I don't think he's 100%. That ankle's still bugging him a little. And it, 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 this seems to be a routine thing with Kyler Murray that he's hurt come playoff time with that ankle. And, you know, he, he consistently get the same ankle hurt year in, year out. That's going to be a weak ankle the rest of his career. And it could hamper him as to how good of a quarterback he could really be. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about the weapons LA has on offense, Cooper Cup, OBJ. Uh, I mean, that's, that's just obviously the two easy names. Uh, they've got a couple... They got a couple of good tight ends. The uh, the RPO that they they can run in any given time is just going to be unstoppable. You're not going to really be able to read it if you stop it. It's just with pure luck, really. Um, even if JJ Watt suits up for this game, uh, he's not at 100. He's not he's not the same JJ Watt when he was early on in Texas. Injuries have really slowed him. Um, I mean, for quite frankly, TJ in Pittsburgh is the be- is the better Watt brother right now. Um, I don't think JJ is going to make a difference. Uh, yeah. Let's t- we'll, we'll take the points. We'll go on the over because it's going to be a, a, a gunslinger game. But when it comes down to it, I think LA is going to pull away in the third quarter and it's <laughs> by the time the fourth quarter comes, it is not going to be close. Um, we, you know, both Justin and you, Ryan, you guys touched on Matt Stafford quote unquote falling apart in the fourth quarter. Not only is he throwing the most fourth quarter touchdown pass in the league, but he also was he number one or number two, and game-winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime. So he can get it done when it counts. He's got a couple of sloppy things that work into his play when, when, he, when he's trying to force it a little too much. And I think he panicked for two seconds when San Francisco came back and tied it, and it just snowballed on him a little bit, and he, and he lost his focus uh, in that game, and that's what gave San Francisco their opportunity, and they took full advantage of it, uh, not making excuses for Stafford. But he's had a week to reset himself, take a deep breath and be ready for this game. You know he's looking for a playoff win cuz he he never really smelled playoffs with with the Lions so you know he's amped for this. He's going to be looking to deliver. Uh got to give the Lions up none of the Lions, excuse me. I got to <laughs> give the Rams a massive edge <clears throat> over the Cardinals.
3: It's truly going to be like a gunslitter matchup like he everybody said though. Like you look at both of the offenses. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is out but they still have other targets. They have strong running game for the, car- for the cards. Um, but <clears throat> it, I think it really comes down to it. You saw Matthew Stafford and the Rams kind of fall apart mid season. And even with all their stars, they weren't getting it done at first. And in the middle of the season, it happened too. So it's, I feel like if he can keep his composure and keep it going, uh With DeAndre Hopkins, if he was playing, I think that would be, like, a very, very close game, but I think the Rams are just going to outpower them and outplay offensively with them. It'll still be a really high-scoring game, but I think the Rams will take it.
2: I've also got the Rams in this one, um, just for the simple fact of over the last few years, they seem to be making trades, free agent signings, drafting well. They've put a team together to win, and they look like they're pretty well dead set on winning it this year. Um, some of those pieces that they have, they're only around for the year. Von Miller being one, OBJ's only on a one-year deal, I believe. Matthew Stafford is not getting younger. He is still amazing, but he's not getting younger. This is their window, this year or next year. Um, I can see them doing whatever they need to do to win. And for that reason, I think, yeah, the Rams.
1: Uh, one thing, Cole, you talked about how the, uh, the Rams fell apart in this season. Keep in mind, that's about the time that they picked up Miller and OBJ, and they're trying to work them into their system. And so they they had two all-stars trying to learn a new playbook. Uh, So, I mean, I I think anyone who sort of thought, oh, the Rams are falling apart despite all all this talent, they were, it was like Chicken Little Sky is falling. They were seeing things that weren't there because it takes time to integrate guys into your playbook. Uh, You know, we see it in the NHL all the time. We see it in basketball, guys learning new systems mid-season. I mean, they're trying to cram all-nighters just to learn the playbook, so to speak and sometimes you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes things don't quite go as planned early on, but take a look at LA the last few weeks. They really seem to have things ironed out, especially uh, with with the the all-star additions they had and the guys playing. It looks seamless.
0: That is, in a nutshell, wild card long weekend. Uh, I think if the NFL starts to use that, I uh, should get a little bit of money. So NFL, uh, if you're listening, you know, every time you say it, I'll take a quarter. No, 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 no. I'll take a dollar. You you got you you're good for it. You got the I'll take an American dollar. <laughs> it's worth more. Yeah. <laughs> uh and don't
3: tell them that though.
0: <laughs> finally, who is going to appear in the Super Bowl? got a. I I guess a. Uh, Two and 14, one and seven shot of picking the, the right combination. What teams will represent the AFC and the NFC and head to uh, Los Angeles on and be there on February 13th? This is very
4: much a dominoes falling in the right direction because I feel like there's a lot of teams here, this is unlike kind of some of the other seasons that we've seen in the past where you kind of have like the number one seeds are definitively like night and day above the rest. Like Kansas city has been the last two or three seasons where, you know, Kansas city, maybe with the Patriots thrown in there, especially with Tommy nearing the end of his 10 tenure there. But Kansas city was, you know, the AFC championship had to go through Kansas city. I feel like this time really teams one through seven really for the most part really have a great shot at this. Now, with all that being said, looking at the NFC with the dominoes falling in the right place, NFC team to beat is the LA Rams. Although green Bay is great. They also have the uh, second or third worst run defense in the NFL. And of course, Look at the other teams that they would have to play. I mean, hell, if Philly, hypothetically, were to win this week against the Bucs, you would have the number one rushing defense going to Lambeau Field playing the third worst rushing defense. I'm not, and trust me, that's uh, I, I'm really grasping at straws there, but there's a lot of teams that can pound the rock very well that I think could give Aaron Rodgers a run for his money. With that said, I think the Rams probably have the clearest and most direct route to getting there. Uh, They've got a fantastic team from top to bottom. And on top of that, they have a coaching staff that has been to the show before and very recently. So I think that plays to that advantage, LA Rams. AFC is going to be my surprise one, just the way that I see everything falling into place. I think the winner of this Cincinnati-Las Vegas series is going to make a hell of a difference just looking at how everything's going to work you look at new england and pittsburgh potentially losing that would send either cincinnati or vegas to tennessee frankly if cincinnati goes to tennessee i'd give the advantage to cincinnati uh, as far as their air raid sort of offense goes so there's a end. we've seen what cincinnati can do against kansas city so Screw it. I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. I think uh, Cincinnati is going to make it to make it to the Super Bowl. But I, I'm going to say L.A. Rams are going to be your Super Bowl
1: champions. Man, you've got some cojones going there, Ryan, <laughs> especially calling Cincinnati. Wow. Um, you know, what? I, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go with you on the NFC pick. The Rams, the Rams have got the most complete team in the playoffs. Um, even if they have to go to Lambeau and play in the freezing cold, uh, I, I I like their chances because really Aaron Rodgers has one weapon, Devonte Adams. You shut him down, you shut down Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have much over the middle to go with. Um, this, this is not like before when he had Randall when when he had Clay Matthews that uh, he could throw to, and he had Randall Cobb and he had only a bunch of a bunch of weapons to go to. He only really has the one. So and like you said, they have one of the worst like it. Their run defense is worse than Swiss cheese. And it's got more holes in it than the, any shirt I wore in fifth grade. Um, <laughs> but honestly, uh, yeah, the Rams, they could go through pretty much anybody. They're built to compete anyway. Um, don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go in a hat and say my Steelers are going to the Super Bowl as much as I would love to see Ben get a shot at a third ring. Uh, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer to begin with, and a third ring would guarantee that. However, um, I think the winner of the New England-Buffalo game is going to be the team to beat. And this time I'm going to say it's Buffalo. Buffalo was not built to just win a division. They weren't just built to have a playoff run. They were built to do one thing, and that's beat the Kansas City Chiefs at their own game. They've got the weapons to go head-to-head with them and to hold Kansas City in check. Um, I think Kansas City, if it came down to it um, – Cincinnati, yeah, they'll win. Um, I think round two, you'll see KC go head-to-head with Buffalo, and uh, Tennessee will take on Cincinnati. I think Tennessee will win that game, however, if Derrick Henry's back, because there's no way Cincinnati's stopping Derrick Henry. Sorry. Um, but, no, I like Buffalo's chances. If Buffalo gets by Kansas City, which they're built to do, they just don't have to go and do it. Uh, I don't think anyone left in the AFC can stop Buffalo. Uh, So I'll call L.A. Rams and Buffalo Bills (laughs) Super Bowl. But unfortunately, the Buffalo Bills will remain winless in the Super Bowl and the L.A. Rams will win.
3: Those are some good predictions. I'd say uh, easily NFC with that. L.A. Rams. um, If the Bucks had all their stars back, I think that'd be a different story. I think it'd be a toss-up between – Bucs again and the Rams just because of how much defensive and offensive powers they both have um, but it's an, it's an easy source everybody said it Aaron Rodgers doesn't have much once you stop Devontae Adams you stop the Green Bay Packers offense um, so I, I'd say uh, the Rams for them and I definitely have to go with what you said Charles the winner of the Patriots first Bills but I'm gonna say Patriots. Of course you are. Um, of course you are. But honestly, Bill knows how to play playoff football. Mm-hmm. You have a coach that has been there, that has seen it all. He knows how to make those adjustments. We have the defense, just like we have years ago with Brady, but not with Brady this time. Um honestly. I think those would be a hell of a matchup in the Super Bowl. I'm putting it down. Patriots versus Rams. A rematch. And for
2: me, I'm uh I'm gonna jump on that Rams bandwagon for the NFC. They look like the most complete team. They've got the skill, they've got the weapons, they've got the defense, the coaching staff, kind of everything. Um had the Bucks been healthier, I may have chosen them. But losing a few of Tommy's weapons never helps him, especially now that he's older. He can't just throw to nobody's anymore. He's gotta, he's gotta have those big names. Um, so I'll take the Rams out of the NFC. My pick for the AFC. A lot of people may not agree with this. Is the Tennessee Titans. Um, Derrick Henry got hurt on Halloween. And they went on to then beat the Rams, the Saints, the Jaguars, who weren't very good, the 49ers, Dolphins, okay. and um, They did that basically with Julio Jones being out, A.J. Brown being out, Ryan Tannehill throwing to nobody. Absolutely nobody. No Derrick Henry. And they were still able to pull out a lot of wins. Um, I can see Mike Vrabel winning coach of the year this year for that. And based on that alone, um, if Derrick Henry comes back, that team is unstoppable. They, I I don't see them losing, especially because Derrick Henry being a running back gets that touch runs for 10 yards and you can burn a lot of clock that way. If he comes back, it's, uh, Titans Rams for me.
4: Now, Justin, before you throw in your pick, this will be just the last quick point. If everything were to work out the way it is, I think a Tennessee-Cincinnati game, the division round game, that's probably going to be the best game of the playoffs. You're going to have best offensive rushing versus best offensive passing, in my opinion. That is going to be a lights-out game. So let's hope
1: that everyone loses that's supposed to lose.
4: don't cheat us out of this nfl
1: come on if it winds if it winds up being a as kenzie's calling it a titans Rams super bowl is that 1999 or 2000 rematch what year was that when it was kurt warner beating the titans in the super bowl what year was that 99 or 2000
0: 99 i think but the super bowl happened in the year 2000 like that's the that's always what you remember it's like the, the season but the super bowl happened so yeah which also is featured in the Kurt Warner movie. Not sure if you've seen that uh, thriller of a movie, but uh, if you're looking for a new movie, of an American life or hero, something like that, that's what it's called. But um, again, if... <coughs> Hear me out. The Niners San Francisco. San Francisco will go if the Eagles can beat the Bucks because that takes care of the Bucks. San Francisco will not beat the Bucks. Um, we could play the Rams, we could play the Packers. I feel confident that we will win whoever we play. We've been Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite forever. This could be the the one that gets the monkey off the whatever, but and we've had uh, L.A.'s number this year. Um, you see,
1: the story, Justin.
0: Well, yes, <laughs> I, I'm well aware of that, uh, but sometimes it it doesn't. But I'm going to go with that. If if the Eagles do not win, uh, I am like you. As much as it hurts me to say, I see the Rams being able to go to the Super Bowl, having another home Super Bowl. Now, uh, for the AFC, as intriguing as it is to pick Cincinnati to go, I am feeling this is Buffalo's time to shine. I am a huge fan of Josh Allen. Uh, He's been my fantasy quarterback since he came in. Uh, I love the run, the pass, the big arm. I I like to to throw a lot when I play. So uh, as much as I like Tennessee and uh, Derrick Henry deserves a Super Bowl at some point. uh, The unknown of him coming back, also depending on who he plays. um, Yeah, so I'm going to go, if all things work out, Niners-Buffalo for the Super Bowl. (laughs) There's enough fans, San Francisco fans. I would head down to LA because it was practically a home game for them in week 18, but that's, everything has to happen for a reason. Of course, injuries and surprise upsets that changes every single thing. And uh, just like March madness, one, one miss cue and your whole bracket goes out the window. And these are just seven teams each, let alone 64 now uh, I would be remiss if uh, we did not mention of uh, a huge loss in the football community. Uh, John Madden, whether you grew up listening to him call games, whether you're old enough to remember him coaching games, uh, or uh, if you just picked up a video game and went, why does Madden change who they are every year? Uh, you, you can undoubtedly know the impact he's had on football, on video games, on getting people interested in football, uh, and that will continue on, uh, I think, forever. And uh, again, if the well, I guess the NFL doesn't really have a say, but EA, if you're somehow listening, uh, give the people what they want. Uh, Madden 23 uh, deserves to have John Madden back on the cover. Um, but uh, great voice. Go listen to the very last game he called. Uh, Charles likes that game. Um, it was a heck of a game uh, to watch. Uh, listen back to him and uh, him and all his past. Because uh, he, he did it with uh, Al and Pat. Was his first part?
4: He's the first guy and the only guy to do it on all four major networks. So all four did. major
0: networks. Yeah. Practically did every single Super Bowl uh, up until a point, point. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. Uh, never met the man, but it feels like a close loss. Um, so uh, everyone from the Sports Night podcast, uh, we our hearts go out to the family and to the football community, uh, and just uh, you know, play a game of Madden in his honor. It's uh, the right thing to do. And with that, that will do it for this episode of the Sports United Podcast. Let us know on our social media channels, uh, are we fools? Did we get it right? Who do you think will win this weekend? Uh, Let us know. Uh, Share the podcast. Uh, We will be doing a giveaway very, very soon. uh, So the more people... I mean, maybe the bigger the prize. Who knows? Maybe we'll start to make money off this podcast. Who knows? So uh, for uh, everyone here, thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy Wild Card Lawn Weekend. Stay safe and sport on.